You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets Matt. A little bit of knowledge. There it is. And a little bit of melancholy. Today. A little bit of melancholy. <laughs> it's my last my last show in the studio. Oh, that's right. So, so you inevitably so rejoin right, us man. again. Bye. Bye. All right, see ya. See you all Don't in the, the future. The Forever. I have to go back to three second delays and <laughs> and anticipate hopefully jokes. Not. Hopefully no, not. we'll see. You'll You've have been... internet connection where you're going? Well, hopefully not terrible AT and T. Like last time. Not our sponsor today. Not our sponsor today or ever. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully your internet will be fine. Otherwise, you're going to have to practice talking in delays just so you know. You have to think what you're going to say. He's going to have to anticipate what we're going to say. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, you guys are all very predictable. No, that's true. Same jokes over and over. That's fair. 300 episodes, same jokes, but the listeners love Well, it. I've run them all through an AI program, and, <laughs> and now I can anticipate everything you'll say. Too many puns. Yeah. Well, in order to break up the monotony, we often have guests on the show, right? I've heard that's of true. that. That's true. So we have guests today, just like uh, usual. The uh, first one is Sean Breen from Columbus, Ohio. I hear you just moved out there from Amish country. Yes, Ashland, Ohio, just a little bit south of Cleveland. All right. Well, uh, congrats on the move. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I'm a medical assistant in Columbus. I basically just, you know, take blood all day long and big Buckeyes fan, Green Bay Packers fan. Oh, we forgive you. Oh, I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, you said uh, uh, science and geo might be your your weakness, so uh, you're teaming up with Jeff today, right? Absolutely. All right, fantastic. Well, we look forward to that. But first, we need a host with the most. That's going to be Savage Superstar Josh Snyder from Baltimore. Thank you for joining us today. Awesome to be with you guys. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a rabbi and a Hillel director at a small liberal arts school, Goucher College, in near the Charm City, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and my wife and I have a blending family of five kids, three mine, two hers, and two dogs. So there's always something going on. Um, my kids would probably say I'm fairly corny and cringeworthy as a dad. So you'll hear the dad jokes. Which so you'll be perfect you as a host. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the fold. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, it, the team that loses, does that mean Sean gets to take their blood? What's that? To donate it or something, because oh, it's a good we thing. We should all donate. Well, we all should donate, but maybe Sean will be the person to take it. We'll next have to travel time, to next Columbus. Next time the van comes to the school, I'll donate. Okay. 
Does there, no, is there a van nice. that comes to the school? Are you yeah. sure it's sanctioned? I'm blood? not sure if it's sanctioned. <laughs> they can have some. This is free blood on the side. <laughs> they don't hand out blood. They oh, take blood. they take the blood. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. What's uh, what's the team names going to be today? Yeah, so, um, you know, with, uh, with Sean and I teaming up, um, he said one of his old trivia team names had to do with uh, around the old office. And uh, I can't help myself, big Ricky Gervais fan. So we're going to go with uh, around the old orifice. Mm. Very graphic. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I am wearing a WrestleMania 8 shirt. Six. WrestleMania 6, because I know <laughs> Roman numerals. And the first question is in Roman numerals. <laughs> uh, that I got from Target, and it has a uh, picture of Brutus the Beefcake on it. And it was I'll... often not, not seen. Yeah. yeah, underrated. Little little known man, so uh, me and Neil were kicking around names, and we're going to be the, the Brutus's Beefcakes. In honor of the Attorney's General, you said. I don't know. There's a big Ultimate Warrior and a big Macho Man and then a teeny tiny Brutus Beefcake down Yeah, he's here too. But he gets his royalties. He's still alive probably, right? I think so. He's a wrestler over 40, so it's 50-50. Is he still beefy? (laughs) He's no... I mean, I don't know if he's alive, so I can't answer that question. He may not be beefy. We'll let you guys know right after this rules read. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream! Right. So, in conclusion, Brutus Beefcake still alive, still beefy, and uh, still got some hair. So let's do it for Brutus what did you today. Say it was 65? 65. 65. 65. Yeah. Happy birthday, Brutus. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever your birthday is. Whatever your birthday is. Yeah, for all you, you fans out there, if you'd like to wish uh, Brutus a birthday. Uh, <laughs> uh, April 21st. April 21st. We only missed lookout. it by a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like opposite <laughs> side of the year. Anywho, uh, yeah, Josh, uh, feel free to take it away. We're excited for today's game. All right. So in terms of the game, I would say one of my kids had a performance based on like music through the decades, and I realized it could kind of be a fun theme for the format of the show. So every question title is a song. Sometimes there are clues in there, sometimes not. You'll figure it out. Um, so the first round is the 70s, swing round is 80s, second round 90s. The final round is the aughts, bringing back the aughts. So. All right, well, let's rock and roll then. All right. Question one, Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die was both the title and theme song of the 1973 James Bond movie starring Roger Moore. Take the last name of the long, longtime producer of many of the Bond films and add it to the name of the band that performed the theme to get this tasty vegan version of a bar food staple. Do you know the name of the... The guy? I do. Do you know the name of the band? I do if it's, I'm assuming it's the... Do you know the answer to this question? I think I do. We're looking for uh, the last name of the producer and the name of the band making some sort of vegan delicacy. Bar food, yeah. Okay, then I think this should be it right here. So uh, the band is Wings. Agreed. All I can think of is Cauliflower. Okay. But I don't know the name of the producer at all. I mean, cauliflower wings or tofu wings. I don't know if tofu is a last name, but kind of like cauliflower. Want to go cauliflower wings? Yeah. Sure. sure. David Cauliflower. I love the movie know, producer so of uh, <laughs> So Close. If you want to make pictures, you got to last in this town. David Cauliflower, producer. Um, <laughs> oh, good yeah. character. Uh, so Barbara Broccoli, the Broccoli family, is in charge of James Bond, and we went broccoli wings. 
Ah. That is correct. Broccoli wings is absolutely right. Close cruciferous vegetable, but no cigar. Had the wrong <laughs> variation of whatever the... Uh, same family, though, same, right? They are the same plant. family. Yeah. Essentially. All right. Question two, Kodachrome. Kodachrome film revolutionized color photography from its introduction by Eastman Kodak in 1935 with a unique design that gave us the nice bright colors. But I got a feeling that Ken knows well from his old job that this product, too, had its end. Within five years, when did Kodak stop producing Kodachrome film? All right. After thinking about the different decades and based on the last question, we're using a little game theory and we're locked in with a number. I I have no idea to even like get it in the ballpark okay. on this. I feel so I'll I don't defer know about, to you. I don't know Kodachrome specifically, but I know Kodak really hung on to classic photography. Uh, even as the digital age um, came about. I mean, they were one of the last companies to like work on developing uh, digital technologies and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if if this product lasted until the early 2000s. Like, um, I don't know about specifically Kodachrome. I think when I was a kid, I'm trying to remember like what the back of the paper looked like, if it was some different name. Um, but I'd be willing to go like, as late as 2000, honestly. That's fine. We can do that. Okay. Uh, I think that's what we're going to go with. And thanks for reminding me that Mama took my Kodachrome away, Josh. So. Mm. Now, I don't know what Kodachrome is. I've always used Safari. We were... <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Uh, so I had no idea. Sorry, I thought we'll it was... Come back to that, Joe. Yeah, I thought it was an old-timey kind of uh, film. So we said 1977. All right, so Jeff, you were totally right on that uh, Kodak held on to it a lot longer, but I got a feeling was your kind of clue in there, which was the hit song in the year 2009. So, <laughs> close, but not quite, not quite late uh, enough. I thought it was a Black Eyed Peas reference, but I didn't even... That seemed way too late for a Black... I, I thought the same thing, too. Yeah. And now... Now, was there a, a little theme no, there between time one? Time has made fools of us all. <laughs> it has. Uh, a theme between one me, and two there, because no we're talking about Wings with Paul McCartney, and he was married to an Eastman. Is that correct? I think. Ooh, I didn't even think about that, Neil. Oh, okay. <laughs> layers on layers here. It's like an onion. I was going to give you credit for it anyway. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Question three, hot stuff. If you'd like some hot stuff, baby, this evening, I could suggest any number of hot sauces, depending on your tolerance level. Arrange these chili peppers in order from mildest to hottest. Carolina Reaper, Cayenne, Ghost Pepper, and Habanero. Now, I know, Matt, you know that I'm not good with spice, but I do watch a lot of hot ones. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think this is right. Okay. I'm good to go with that. So I, I think Cayenne's definitely the mildest. Okay. And then I think it's Habanero, and then Ghost, and then Carolina Reaper. I agree. Carolina Reaper is the hottest and then ghost will be the second hottest, but I'm trying to think I never really had, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Um, I've never had like a cayenne pepper. I have cayenne seasoning all the time and it's not that bad, but I don't think habanero, yeah, I guess habaneros maybe a little hotter. I'm good with that. I want to go cayenne one, habanero two, ghost three, and the hottest of all would be the Carolina Reaper. Let's bring, let's bring some habaneros into the studio for Jeff to sample. Oh yeah. A little sampling. I like that. Um, and Neil. 
Yeah, not, not me. I would have no problem not, with that. One bite, Neil's out for the rest of the season. I had fajitas today with jalapeno and cholula, and I was like, mm, this is tasty. <laughs> um, I, if mild. you bite into a raw habanero, you're, you're in another world oh. from, from what you just described. Lovely. To give you a Marvel reference, if I had one of those, it would be like the uh, Guy Pierce in Iron Man 3 when his body just gets, <laughs> just compl- melt. <laughs> gets melts. Yeah. <laughs> Oh geez, Iron Man three deep yeah. cut. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I think the Reaper is actually bred from the habanero and the Ghost to be the hottest pepper. So we also went with cayenne, habanero, Ghost, and then Reaper. Absolutely right. Points nice. to both teams. Nice. Have you done. sampled the Carolina Reaper, Josh? I have had things with Carolina Reaper on it, but I haven't had a raw Carolina. Reaper, Wendy's so. had a Reaper fries, I think, and they were very hot. Yeah, I put way too much hot sauce on everything, so definitely. It gets to a point where it just seems unappetizing to me. Like, I'd like to taste something. Mm -hmm. All right, question four. I am a rock, I am an island. Paul Simon sings, I touch no one and no one touches me. There are many island nations, but only a few that are only on one island, defined by having 99% or more of the nation's population on that island and don't share that island. Name two of them. Now, when I was writing my autobiography, I touch no one and no one touches me. I had no idea this, these were lyrics of the song. Just a coincidence. I like how I immediately looked at you. We are locked in with two answers that we're sh- kind of sure are countries and we're kind of sure are islands. It's a good start. What do you think about Australia? I don't know if there's multiple islands. Yes, Australia has Tasmania. Which would okay. be, I think, just large enough to take it out of that one percent. My other, my only other thought was Jamaica, but I don't know if they have multiple as well. I also put down Jamaica, um, sticking in that area. I also wrote down Cuba. Um, oh yeah, because that's that's I think that's a pretty good one. Um, I wrote, unsurprisingly, a bunch of other ones down, but I think we can just stick with Cuba and Jamaica. I think that those are good answers. Because I know Jamaica doesn't share an island. I don't believe they have any other small islands. The Caribbean's probably pretty good for that because if you've got multiple islands, you tend to have them in the name. <laughs> you know, Trinidad, Tobago, St. Kitts and Nevis, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. we're gonna, I'm good locking in Cuba and Jamaica. I feel, like we, do it. I feel like we could have gone more well-known places like that, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought of Cuba and Jamaica, Did but you? you know what? Too easy. Let's yeah, go. right. Why, so why you, go the easy route? So you started with... Bahrain? We started with Fiji and Tonga. And Tonga, yeah. So I got to look up Fiji and Tonga. I, I, But I do have Jamaica and Cuba on this list for sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure that at least Fiji is like kind of an archipelago of some small I'm pretty sure islands. Fiji has multiple islands based on my now remembering that in Survivor they always had Exile Island, which was a different island <laughs> in Fiji. Yeah. I love that you're going to Survivor for that's, your geography. That's all I got. And I go they to need different ones to make the water, you know, on each of the islands. So yeah. Uh Fiji apparently it seems to have at least two major islands. Yeah. Um so all right, so points for uh around the old orifice and uh and we're on to question five. Question five locomotive breath. Which instrument that is technically a woodwind, classified as a woodwind? is the only member of the woodwind family that has the gall not to have a reed in any way. <laughs> I, I'm fine going with that if you want. I was just trying to think of other woodwinds that uh, don't have reeds, but it'll take me a while. Well, so yeah. What about a, a rain stick? No, not a rain stick. I mean, we're talking like like clarinet, 
saxophone. I know what a woodwind is. Uh, I had bassoon. basic music class. Yeah, in my yeah. public school. <laughs> well, I took basic, basic music class and basic music class too. Uh, I mean, we could go with that if you want. It, there's, there's no. Yeah, we'll find out if I learned anything in that class. Okay, we're, lo- we're locked in with an answer. <laughs> okay. What comes to mind, Sean? I was thinking this could be a clue in the question, and Jethro Tull is famous for having flutes. Yeah. That is what I was settling in on. Um, I had considered a couple others, um, like the recorder, um, I think might be considered woodwind as opposed to like brass. But given the Jethro Tull pull in there, I'm almost positive flutes are considered woodwind instruments. Um, and there's no reeds on the flute. No, no, because brass, usually you got a buzz for brass. That's how I remember that. So um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to go flute. Great pull there. That's a good guess. Mm-hmm. Matt, uh, what did you say? I just had a Weird Al on the brain, and we went with the old accordion. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, I love the accordion and Weird Al on it. Uh, not a rela- not related to Frankie Yankovic, the uh, famous accordion player, by the way. Yeah, but uh, it's absolutely right. Nice pull, Sean. It is the flute. Ian Anderson played the flute famously in Jethro Tull. And I played the flute growing up, so figured I'd throw that one in there for you guys. Cool. And with that, uh, we have completed five questions. Uh, looks like uh, around the old orifice, which is uh, coincidentally where you should also put preparation H, has uh, 30 <laughs> points. Uh, Brutus Beefcake, 20 points. All right, we're not too far behind. I'll prepare my orifice however I choose. <laughs> Josh, do you, do you play the flute like Ron Burgundy ever at parties? <laughs> the jazz flute? I totally just rewatched that movie, and uh, no, I you know I can't rock it like Ron Burgundy. It's been a minute, but <laughs> maybe someday, you know, if I can grow the stash to the full uh, <laughs> luster, so that I can play it with that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, after looking it up, uh, the accordion not only is not a woodwind; it actually has a reed. So I was very, very wrong. <laughs> wow. Okay. So great job, me. Newsflash. Bad job, second grade music teacher. Speaking of the soundboard, we need a accordion for you. Ken, we need a like. Din, 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 din. We like actually have a breaking news. A breaking news thing when we, <laughs> we look up a fact facts. of how wrong we were. <laughs> actual facts time. All right, question six. Ain't no mountain high enough. Naples, Italy. Bern, Switzerland. Valparaiso, Chile. Haifa, Israel, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania are just a few of the cities in the world that are inclined toward this form of transportation. No word yet on whether the band that sings We Are Young is performing a mashup with the vampire bunny who sucks the juice out of vegetables at a grand opening of one of these anytime soon. Sure. A fun pyre. Fun fun pyre. (laughs) That's what we have. I'm a fun pyre. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who cares? It's like Colin Robinson. Okay, one team in with Funpire. <laughs> Sean, do you do you know this? It sucks the fun out of the room. So, I know the band is fun. Okay, and I think I think the blood sucking rabbit is Funicula. So like Funicula. Oh, Funicula. That sounds like a thing that I think we should lock in with, and I'm glad we discussed because I would not have had that. So we got Funicula and a Funpire. <laughs> Or Which one's fun, correct? Fumpier. Fumpier. <laughs> All right, nice pull, Sean. Yes, Bonecula was the, the bunny. I wasn't sure uh, whether people would know. It's a funicular railway is what it's called. And uh, that 
Pavarotti song, Funiculi Funicula, is all about, you know, one of those railways, apparently. It was the in viral Pittsburgh. hit in the 1900s. Yeah. So we're just talking in, about like the incline train that goes up a mountain hill. Exactly. All right. Question seven. Hotel California. The Eagles sang that the Hotel California was a lovely place and it was programmed to receive. However, there is a type of pet that is not welcome in California, nor in Hawaii or several prominent cities like New York City or Washington, D.C. They're also heavily regulated in Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, and Japan. This may not dissuade nihilists who believe in nothing. What kind of pet am I talking about? You don't think it's anything as crazy as that, do you? A pet hyena? Put your pet... <laughs> I like how Matt was so confident it wasn't the right answer that he was just like, I gotta call him out on this. I mean, I can I can almost guarantee hyenas aren't alone. But, uh, we could go with your I guess. Mean, you might be correct. I, yeah, probably. Based on one conversation I had one time with a crazy girl who went to Tijuana during lockdown and then had to be quarantined for twelve days, I believe this is the correct answer. Okay, I like your logic and all the background there, so we'll go with it. Does that count as logic? But I don't know. We're locked. I'm in. I'm totally out of my depth, Sean. I feel like I should be getting this. Maybe there's a big Lebowski thing in here. I've never seen the movie, so I was thinking the. I don't understand the nihilist clue. I don't get that part. But could it just be Eagle with Hotel California as the category? Yeah. Um, I mean, it could be. Other than that, I've got nothing. No, I'm I'm fine with that. So they they drop a. a What's he call it? A marmot in his in his tub, but it's a ferret, right? And you guys yeah. said what? We said hedgehog. Oh man! And, All right. And now that you said ferret, I'm pretty sure that ferret was the friend's pet, and I was thinking of the wrong friend. You were thinking of me. I was thinking of you with the hedgehog. With your hedgehog. <laughs> it is a ferret. Nice, mm-hmm. nice pull, huh. Yeah, yeah. They call it. He calls it a marmot, but yeah, the. Uh, they attack Lebowski when he's in the bathtub with these attack ferrets. <laughs> we believe in nothing, Lebowski. Um, so, yeah. All right. Qu- question eight. Take the money and run. What is the world's richest country in terms of gross domestic product per capita? This country is one of only two to use the Swiss franc as currency, has no foreign embassies, and is the world's largest producer of false teeth. I apologize if this is a bit of a doozy of a question. Okay, so uh, we're trying to figure out uh, which country produces the most false teeth because Ken said to focus on that clue. Yeah. So we spent a few minutes doing that and realized it was probably a joke. Um, but you wrote down somewhere, that I, I feel like they'd have a foreign embassy, but maybe they're really rich. Yeah, they're too rich for that. So we locked in with an answer. Okay. So this one's tough. I think with the Swiss franc, that part I'm focusing on, and I know... Um, the Vatican City has like the Swiss Guard as their army. They don't have their own military force, so maybe they have the Swiss franc as well. Okay, I could see that as being possible. Originally, I, I was kind of in the same ballpark as Neil and Matt. I was thinking it was Qatar, actually, because they have uh, a lot of oil money in that region. Um, they have a slightly smaller population than somewhere like the UAE. I've seen them high up on those rankings, but <clears throat> really focusing on the Swiss franc, there's a really small country next door that I think might be a better fit, and that's uh, Liechtenstein. That's fine. We can do that. 
Jeff pulling out Liechtenstein over here. I wonder if yeah. we have any Liechtensteinian listeners. That would be cool. Liechtenstein. They can send it's us statistically some unlikely but. dentures. Yeah, send us some teeth. Uh, but Matt, you wrote down what country? Well, it was like pulling teeth, getting an answer out of Neil. We had nothing here, so <laughs> we said I was thinking UAE, but they have too many people. So we ended up going with a country that's near Switzerland and said Austria. All right, nice pull, Jeff. It is Liechtenstein. Yeah, the very nice deep. Job. Very deep Easter egg is a bit of a doozy of a question. Vaduz is the capital of Liechtenstein. Ah. Oh, see if we knew our capitals, that would have helped us. I thought we were course. talking about a real duchy of a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried not to ask you another douchey question about Luxembourg. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, question nine. Don't fear the Reaper. Before you ask, no, I'm not going to ask about the cowbell skit again. What Stephen King novel, which starts with almost everyone in the world dying of the flu? has been adapted twice into a TV miniseries, once in 1994 starring Gary Sinise, Molly Ringwald, and Rob Lowe, and again in 2020, uh, too soon. Bad movie. Yeah, yeah. Or miniseries. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of Stephen King's turned into miniseries like uh, like The Shining. This is also kind of adapted into the Simpsons movie. Oh, is it really? Yeah. We know it, though, I think. So yeah. we're going to lock in. I'm pretty positive it's the stand. Okay, that sounds right. Originally, I was thinking under the dome, but that would have been before, as far as time wise, with the miniseries. And that's yes, a little I bit don't different. think they did a miniseries with that. I think it was just a full blown yeah. television series. Yeah, I think you're right about the stand. I'm comfortable locking that in. I think under the dome was the working title for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, we went with the stand, I think, right? We did. Yeah. All right, points to both teams. It is the stand. Absolutely. That was like our first points in like five questions, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I was like, you've got it written down. It wouldn't be too hard to total it up. Starting the, uh, starting the comeback now, fellas. <laughs> All right. So question 10 to, to finish up the first round. Real uh, head scratcher here. The greatest love of all. What is the greatest love of all, fellas? Chocolate. What, <laughs> what word meaning insignificant thing completes the following quote by British writer Quentin Crisp. The formula for achieving a successful relationship is simple. You should treat all disasters as if they were blanks, but never treat a blank as if it were a disaster. I'm, uh, I'm at a total loss. I want to hear it. I feel like we're going to kick ourselves, but... You might. <laughs> Seems likely. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got nothing. Me either. Okay. I guess we're tapping out on this one, guys. Tap, tap, tap. Every time. So um, Matt wrote down a word. and uh, That's a much better start than we Realizing that that Josh has been very cute with his clues, I just added a few letters. But I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Well, I thought it was was potentially a, a little shout out to the show that we're on now, that these were trivial things. So... We said what triviality? Trivialities. Or trivialities. Oh, that would be so good. Oh, you got it. Oh, yeah. Nicely done. Good teamwork. Yeah, the greatest love of all is learning to love yourself. That's what that's what it says in the song. So it's true. The answer's right there on the wall. Kind of an expert. Well, so there's also a chapter of that on my in my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Relationship advice in there, Ken. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, looks like uh, another day around the old orifice has uh, 60 points to show for themselves. Not good bad. start. Pretty good. And uh, Brutus Beefcake coming roaring back in the last two questions. 40 points. Hey. Oh, all right. Well, 
we'll get there. We're on a hot streak, though. Well, yeah, we are. We're on a hot streak. Um, do you want to mention uh, a big thank you to all our patrons, uh, Jeff? Uh, we had a lot of fun doing all of our crop drops and uh, our new equipment, all our new you know possibilities, uh, perks, all that good stuff for patrons. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the fact that we're what five years in and almost at five hundred patrons? Yep. Don't know what more I can add. Five years, five hundred patrons. <laughs> we're almost there. What more to say? Yeah. Well, if you'd like to join uh, Josh and, and so many others in uh, supporting the show and. Uh, getting hours of extra audio content. You can go to uh, patreon.com slash triviality podcasts and you'll get to see videos uh, like we're going to record this week of us uh, jousting with uh, baguettes, <laughs> which was a, a wager. <laughs> that, I mean, if that's not a hard sell, I don't know what <laughs> I is. I was going to say, if that if that doesn't earn your, your yeah. monthly support, I don't know what will. Because if there's something you should do with friends, it's break bread, but you have to do it in a fun way. <laughs> on, on their faces. <laughs> on their faces. Uh, so go Put to patreon.com. <laughs> exactly. So go to uh, patreon.com slash triviality podcasts uh, and uh, join uh, everyone else who's helping support our show. Awesome. So our swing round is uh, movies, movie theme songs from the 80s, 80s movie theme songs. So each of these is a song that was specifically recorded for the soundtrack of an 80s movie. I'm going to give you a year and a clip from the song. All you have to do is name the movie for five points. You can name the artist for another two. Ooh. Fair warning, each of these may not be the only song closely associated with the movie, and a few of them might be sequels. Okay. Yep. Number one, 1982. All right. Question two from 1983. Question three from 1985. Question four, also 1985. Question five, 1986. Question six, also 1986. Question seven, another one from 1986. Question seven, another one from 1986. 
Question 8, 1987. Question 9, 1988. Finally, question number 10, 1989. Cool, a little trip down memory lane. Uh, we'll be considering the answers, and we'll be right back. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show. Uh, that was a long break, probably about, about a second and a half. Yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome back anyway. So we have the answers to Swing Round, so let's have it. Uh, go ahead and uh, let us know the year once again. We'll hear the clip. Sure. The first one's from 1982. Uh, for this one, uh, we said it was Jackson Brown, and it was from uh, the Cameron Crowe written Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> Could that be any more in Neil's wheelhouse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We also said Jackson Brown from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's right. You got it, Jackson Brown, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He wrote the movie, wrote the song for the movie. All right, Stack Cast. I'm only saying, Neil, there are certain types of people who pause exactly at that minute mark. That's, that's true. Uh, that's uh, seven points apiece. Oh, yeah, that's right. Seven points Bonus points, yeah. All right. Nice. All right, number two, 1983. Uh, we went with Flashdance, mm-hmm. and uh, we said it was by Irene Cara or Cara. Same. We also said Flashdance by Irene Cara. All right, seven points apiece again, starting off. Good start. I'm feeling nice much league. better about We're this. We're going to have some football scores. <laughs> All right, number three from 1985. I don't know if the other team got this one, but we said uh, that it was Cindy Lauper from The Goonies. Hmm. We said 16 Candles. All right, I put this one in there for, I know Matt's talked a couple times about The Goonies and good enough. So, yep. Absolutely. Cindy Lauper. All right. Question number four, 1985. Uh, the only one that I was 100% sure on, my favorite movie of all time, uh, East versus West, it's Rocky IV and by Sur- Survivor. Uh, Local. Lo- yeah, alumni. Mm-hmm. Fellow alumni at Morton West. Jim Peterick. Mm-hmm. We said Rocky III and Survivor. Yeah, the clue was East versus West. We threw that in the sound clip to try and get you the uh, Drago reference, but yep. Um, and that's uh, the second Survivor song. So Stallone wanted Survivor back after Rocky Three, after uh, Eye of the Tiger to write a theme song for that. Strangely, you got Burning Heart and Hearts on Fire on the same soundtrack. They couldn't really come up with different titles. So, <laughs> hey, uh, Do they get two points just for the artist? They do get two points for the artist, uh, but yeah, Rocky Four is right. Cool. Question number five. 1986. Uh, so this one, uh, in honor of Cobra Kai coming back very soon, uh, is the Karate Kid 2, and we said Peter Cetera. We also said Peter Cetera and Karate Kid 2. All showing on that one. <laughs> All right, seven points and a crane kick to both teams. Uh, chap- uh, question number six, also 1986. So uh, famously performed by Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights, uh, we said it was from Transformers the Movie uh, by Stan Bush. Those are uh, we just said St. Elmo's Fire. Yep, Transformers the Movie. To me, the best Transformers movie. Forget about Michael Bay. But, 100%. Uh, yes. So is that with the Orson Welles? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Yes. Orson Welles' last appearance as a giant planet-eating robot. <laughs> Ah, ah, the Decepticons. <laughs> the French automobiles. Uh, he did not say Rosebud at the end of that uh, movie. <laughs> when his head is blasted off into space. Oh, spoilers. Very, very dignified final movie for Orson. Um, question number seven, 1986 as well. Uh, this one, uh, Pretty in Pink. Uh, end of the movie with uh, Andrew McCarthy. Molly Ringwald, we said uh, OMD, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. We got the band. We said Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, but we just threw a random 80s movie and we said Beverly Hills Cop. Yep, absolutely pretty in pink and Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. You guys did go around it when you were uh, debating, but uh, yep. Pretty I think we pink. said Pretty in Pink is a joke for like six of these. So I like when at the end That's of correct. Pretty in Pink, when she ruins two perfectly good dresses to make one ugly dress. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be Robert Downey Jr. as Ducky. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was too busy. 
too busy doing orchestral maneuvers in the dark and not uh, <laughs> what she was selling. Um, question number eight, 1987. Uh, we said this was Starship, uh, and it's from uh, another Andrew McCarthy movie, but with Kim Cattrall. We said Mannequin. We did not have a movie. We just said Starship. Yep, Mannequin, I believe, filmed in Philadelphia, and uh, Starship is correct. All right. Question number nine. This is the one I know, Neil, you were uh, puzzling over. 1988. So I knew this was Carly Simon, and this one took me like five, six minutes, but I believe it's a working girl. We just said pretty in pink. <laughs> one more time. Yeah, absolutely. It is working girl. So this is like when she's crossing the uh, from Staten Island, the Staten Island ferry to get into, into New York to Manhattan. Too. Round could not be more in Neil's wheelhouse. <laughs> And finally, uh, question number 10 from 1989. This one uh, we said was Matt's favorite, Weird Al. We said uh, UHF. Jeff also said UHF. I'm glad you stuck with that one, Jeff. Yes, absolutely, UHF. Did you say Weird Al? Yeah, we said said UHF. Uh, I think I said Dire Straits. Okay, so five points. All right, so we got some weird scores coming at you. I had to add them all up. Uh, yours was easy to add up, uh, Brutus Beefcake, because you've got sevens all the way down, all 10 questions. That's 70 points, good for 110 total. Very impressive. You guys picked up 32, respectable, and uh, you're at 92, so not too far behind. All right, close game. Round two. Question number one. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Rockapella sang the catchy theme song to the 90s educational game show based on the hit computer game. According to the lyrics, they'll be singing the blues from this Middle Eastern body of water to this northern island. Name both. So from blank to blank, they'll be singing the blues. No, the cartoon man with the mask on is walking away with the Mona Lisa right now, and we have no idea where he is. So you're tapping out. Yeah. Yeah, we got, well, no, we'll say the Dead Sea to Iceland. Okay. Is Iceland an island? It's not. It is. It is. Hey. Yeah, Dead Sea to Iceland. Middle Eastern bodies of water. What do you what do you like? Do you want to go Persian Gulf to be a little different? Persian sure. Gulf? I could see that. Two. Greenland. Just to be different. Greenland. <laughs> that sounds Let's very uh, lyrical. Yeah. Good choice. That's good. Right, what's the correct answer? All right, a little close, but man, really close. So Dead Sea to, to Iceland is it's the Red Sea to Greenland. Wow. So they'll be singing oh. the blues. So it's a color, you know, thing. Wow. Red sea to Greenland. They'll be singing the blues. With our powers combined. <laughs> we still we not have got it right. <laughs> close, but yeah. I just heard right. Persian Gulf because I figured I, they said Red Sea. I was like, eh, we'll do something different. I, we're not going to get it anyways. All right. Question number two, uh, the Hanukkah song. As Adam Sandler sang in 1992, when you feel like you're the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, here's a list of people who are Jewish, just like you and me. As they say, representation matters. But celebrities are so 1992. What I want to know in 2022 is, can you name two Jewish comic book or graphic novel characters, either from DC or Marvel, and any and all versions of the Heroes are Fair Game? Now, this is a pretty wide open question, so I'm going to give you a lead on a couple of them. So a couple Marvel ones. One of them made a recent MCU debut. One had a traumatic history during the Holocaust shared in a franchise sort of reboot. 
and another ever-loving one had some gratuitous menorahs in the background of his childhood home in a less successful reboot. Black Panther. Not a Jew. <laughs> but guess who is? He's definitely one. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um And yeah. I think I think I think he is too. He's definitely one from Marvel. Yep. So we just need a two, right? Oh, we'd have to do two from each uh nope. No, just two total. Two total. These are hundred percent. Those are hundred percent. Yeah. Locked in. We're locked in. Could it be Miss Marvel? Okay. Miss Marvel? Sure. I, I really don't know. I'm not great with comic books. I mean, I've seen the MCU films. Neither. And that's it. So, yeah, you want to go like Miss Marvel and maybe... And a less successful reboot. Yeah. Maybe there's a... He said it could be DC, too, so maybe there's a, a version of Batman right. that's Jewish. Uh, I think... And the, I think you said one of them. Well, in the... You did say it at one point, um, but... Though in the new X Men movie, the origin story for Magneto is he was in a uh, oh, he was concentration in camp. a concentration mm-hmm. camp, and that's how he yeah. got his way out. And I believe that Moon Knight is also mm-hmm. Jewish. Hmm. Yep, Moon Knight and Magneto are two of them. The Thing is another one. Um, just you know, Green Lantern, um, and I could go on and on. Quicksilver and you know the other Magneto family members. If you really want to get into the the, the Marvel. Uh, is Harley Quinn story. Jewish? I had a feeling. Harley Quinn, yes. So there's a whole thing about Harley Quinn. I think one parent was Jewish, one was not. Yeah. So there's, there's, she huh. it comes up in the comics a little bit that she's also Jewish. That's really yeah. neat. Cool. I, Iceman. Um, yeah. So pretty cool. All right. On to question three. She's so high. Mm. Tal Bachman. Yes. Yeah. We all love that song here. <laughs> Since 1959, the Bagdasarian family has led a franchise that spans music, TV, and film using a unique recording technique. They've won five Grammy Awards, an American Music Award, a Golden Reel Award, three Kids' Choice Awards, and they have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. What is this franchise? Okay, all right, we, we have a guest and we're gonna lock in over here. Yeah, Sean, I don't, I don't think we're gonna, I don't think we're gonna get there. Um, do you wanna just yeah, I don't either. jokingly lock in the Adams family? That's fine. Okay. Uh, but we thought someone who's been along, uh, around for a really long time uh, was animated and had a unique recording technique. We went Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's absolutely correct. Nice. Yeah. So they used to always start like you know recording in a low voice, really slow, and then they speed it up. So they always talk about like chipmunk voice, and that, mm-hmm. that's where it comes from. So yeah. Hmm. That's how I edit the podcast now. I speed it up <laughs> to two hundred percent, basically. I cut it and then I slow it back down. Maybe you release it one time as two hundred percent. I should. How long is it? I'm sure some people listen to the show like that, right? I I know a lot of people that listen to all their podcasts at one point five. But those programs tend to keep the same pitch; they don't up pitch. That's so. true. Mm-hmm. And then when I when I fix it to the right speed, we all sound drunk. Our, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. my, my like mind readjusts to our speed. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we should release an episode as chipmunks. Okay. Patreon bonus. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question number four. Return of the Mac. One of my all-time favorite video games is Punch-Out on the NES. Of course, originally Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, when you had to face Tyson to win the game. When Nintendo's license with Mike Tyson expired in 1987, they reissued the game with a new final champ called Mr. Dream, whose likeness and record were based on a real-life heavyweight champion that retired undefeated. 
This same boxer also served as inspiration for a well-known cinematic pugilist. Name the boxer. Okay, so we went through some boxers, and uh, Matt described what Mr. Dream looked like, and we came to a consensus that Matt wrote on a name, famous boxer. Describe my dream man. Yeah, so we're going to lock in. Yeah, the one undefeated one I know is Rocky Marciano. Okay. I'm good with that. Um, Because I don't know any undefeated boxers. So... Which would have shared a name with Rocky. Okay. So that would fit the movie. Yeah. Uh, we also locked in with undefeated boxer Rocky Marciano. Hmm. Marciano it is. Mm. Absolutely right. Oh, nice. Yeah. that And that was what Raging Bull was based off, wasn't it? Or it was Jake, Jake LaMotta. Jake, Jake LaMotta, Jake yeah. <laughs> Similar kind of boxer, I suppose, style and stuff like that. But yeah, different yeah. guy. I don't think they've ever... There's not a big one. They've made a Rocky Marciano biopic, as far as I know. Gotcha. Like, no, he's appeared in movies, but not as a solo. No, actually, no, there was a solo movie. It was like a straight-to-video one. Now that I think about it, we sold Mm -hmm. it at Blockbuster when I worked there, I think. He retired, and I think shortly thereafter died in a plane crash. Sort of, you know, tragic story. Uh, So, yeah. Um, All right. Well, with that wow wow moment, I'll go uh, question number five. Under the Bridge. Um, what was the first bridge in the world to use steel cables to provide suspension? Despite numerous and deadly accidents in the completion of the bridge, it still stands much as it did when it was completed in 1883. And a little newsflash here. There was a Rocky Marciano movie starring John Favreau, of all people. Oh, he looks what? like he's in pretty good shape then, too. 1999. All right, Sean. Um, originally, I was thinking the Golden Gate Bridge, but that was finished in the 1930s. And he said 1883, right? I do not. The only other one I can think of is Brooklyn. That was what I was going to guess. Either that or... No, I don't think it's the new Tower Bridge in London. Why don't we go with the Brooklyn Bridge? Okay. Fun bridge to to walk over. Uh, We said Brooklyn. Yeah. If all your friends answered Brooklyn Bridge, you should still answer it because it's the right answer. Okay. Uh, With that, it looks like another day around the old orifice uh, picked up another 20 points, bringing them to 112. And uh, 40 points in the second round so far for Brutus Beefcake. So that brings them to 150. All right. Question number six. Two princes. If you are a doctor of spinning meats, then you know that there are two princes of the Mediterranean street meat variety. One originating in Greece using lamb or beef, and one originating in the Middle East using turkey, chicken, or lamb. Name both. You Sean, might ask. We know this. <laughs> I'll give you an extra little clue here. You might ask Rob Schneider for more juice for the first, and maybe the Avengers can point you in the direction of a good joint for the second. <laughs> you like the juice? Uh, we can lock in over here. Mm-hmm. So the Greek one are we are we thinking uh, gyro? Yep. Okay. And the Middle East shawarma. Shawarma. Yep, that fits with uh, what we know about uh, the other clues. So shawarma. Yeah. Um, yeah, we said gyro and shawarma. Yep, gyro and shawarma. Absolutely. Definitely want a doctor. <laughs> Not to even mention El Pastor. Yes, mm, yeah, that's... El Pastor is solid. That comes from a spinning wheel. Or like that one. It? It's on a spin. Huh. I want to see a movie where Rumpelstiltskin is spinning shawarma. Like spinning shawarma into something else or spinning something else into shawarma? I think spinning something else into shawarma. <laughs> hey, and then stealing your firstborn. <laughs> Jeez. Question number seven. Sitting up in my room, 
When I was sitting up in my room while attending Lower Marion High School in suburban Philadelphia in the late 90s, I could practically look out the back window to the home of a future NBA Hall of Famer who was a year ahead of me in high school. He was already famous by the time he graduated, having won a state championship, jumping straight to the NBA, and taking a well-known singer to the prom. Who is this NBA legend whose father must really have loved a fine steak? Jelly beans. Did you know it? What? The answer? Yeah. Oh, you got it? He answered it after the first uh, I said Lower Marion. I got the jersey. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you're good. I just like to... I took Brandy to prom. Yeah. I I mean, I love the sitting up in my room club there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, we're yeah. locked in. Yeah. Do you have all the input that these guys have? Um, I don't know, Sean. It looked like you were onto something. It's it's Kobe. Okay, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, Kobe beef. Perfect. Yeah, Kobe beef, <laughs> Brian. Absolutely right. Yeah, Kobe was a year ahead of me in high school. It was kind of cool. Just uh, you know, growing up with him. But yeah, he did take Brandy to the prom. I was there. It was uh, definitely a scene. They were there for all of two minutes before they left for a party with boys to men. So yeah. Oh wow. Well, Tom Philly's <laughs> back again. So. Oh, so you, you did you grow up in Philly then? I did. I grew up in the Philly Philly suburbs. Like really. Born and right raised. Now. Born and raised, and okay. uh, I did spend some days in the playground. Me and like ten of my uh, <laughs> um, height and. You know, coordination yeah. challenge friends played against Kobe and a cousin of his once, and he totally just demolished all of but us. But no, like, no, don't say. <laughs> no little fights though. Did so. you did you join three friends and you started to sing, and you named yourself Boys to Men? That's not. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, I was only a boy for much of my time there. <laughs> I used to dream about that every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, question number eight, uh, and. Forgive me if my pronunciation is bad. This is French, uh, so help me out on this one. Matresse du Temps. Matresse du Temps, or Mistress of Time, was a 1996 French rap spoken word album that was only four tracks long. Very few people actually listened to it, but it's remarkable and record-setting because of its vocalist, a woman whose first name is Jean. What is remarkable about her? A duet between her and Blue Ivy Carter would really be something. I got nothing. Though. I got nothing. We're going to tap. Yeah. We'll we'll come up with an answer when you come back to us, but no, it's definitely won't. a tap. The only thing I can think of is that she's mistress of time, and it's French. Cartier is a famous French watchmaker, I want to say. So I don't know if there's. I'm a... down because Jay because Jay Z's real name is Sean Carter, right? So Cartier and Carter, Jean Jean Cartier. Uh, I'm fine going with that. So she's a she's a the yeah. Cartier heiress, I guess. That's what we're guessing. Yeah. Yeah, we just said uh, Celine Dion Depardieu. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's French Canadian, but you know, <laughs> cross the ocean for that uh, love child. Um, so oh, sorry for misleading you guys a little bit here, but uh, so it's the na- woman's full name is Jean Calmont, and she was the oldest verified human being. So she recorded this album at 121 years old. Um, and Blue, Blue Ivy Carter recently like set a record when she was born because her birth cries were on an album. So she was like the, the youngest person ever to be you know, a recorded artist. This is the oldest person to ever be recorded. Wow. Uh, oh, that's really interesting. So I actually know a little bit. I've been looking into So Jean Calmet, 
at the time she passed, which I believe is in 96, um, was given that title. But uh, it's believed now she might have actually stolen her mother's identity for Social Security purposes and maybe only made it to like 100-ish. Weak. <laughs> so her record is a little maybe up in the air right now. But okay. uh, yeah, I've definitely heard of her. That's crazy. I think I heard that too, but I'm, I'm not sure. I thought there was more verification. She yeah, said she had I don't know remembered Van Gogh as a child. Yeah. Woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I, she were alive now, not 20 years, she would be like 160 years old. She said, uh, I think at the time she was- Then I'd be impressed. Uh, when She passed in 96 and she was 13 when the Eiffel Tower was complete. She said she met Picasso, or uh, not Picasso, but um, uh, Rembrandt. Van Gogh oh. and stuff. And he was kind of a jerk, I guess. So yeah. interesting yeah. lady. He was she a smelly stories. man, she said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, from the very, uh, well, I'm not really sure. There's no transition here. But question number nine. Um, you could be mine. There is a pink salamander with feathery external gills that has increased in popularity as a pet and in pop culture in the recent years. However, it's increasingly endangered in the wild in its native habitat in Mexico. What's the name of this animal, which can now also be found in Minecraft? Don't know anything about Minecraft. Mm. Creepers. Sure. That's going to be my guess. Creepers? Yeah, there's a lot of creepers in Minecraft. That's all I know about Minecraft. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. I know there's blocks. Yeah. I think. Let's go creeper. What do you think, Sean? Uh, creeper was all I could come up with because I don't know anything about yeah, Minecraft. Yeah, he said he said you can now find it. So I wonder if it's something new to the game. Okay. And he said kind of like pink and fluffy. So a cotton candy salamander. Okay. Sounds good to me. It's something like, like axolotl or something like axolotl. that. Axolotl. Yeah, you got it, Ken. That's right. Um, axolotl. Absolutely. Oh, so axol, man. axol rose, axolotl. There you go. Oh. Yeah. Some some clues in the questions. You know, they got so. real derpy faces, right? Yeah. People they like look them. like they're smiling. Oh, uh, Sholos. They're talking about like little dogs. No, no not at all. We're talking about salamanders. No. <laughs> Their favorite Guns and Roses album is Chinese Democracy. <laughs> Which means they can't be trusted. <laughs> they can't be trusted, yeah. Um, all right. Final question of the second round. Who am I? What's my name? What actor and producer has appeared in the films Two Guns, Contraband, The Philly Kid, and The Whole Truth, along with numerous small roles in other films and TV? If you have no idea, because who would? Don't tap. Just spin the roulette wheel. You might be fortunate and land on a patriotic 17 or 36. I just no idea. John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. America. As much like these movies, I just haven't say, seen I've him. I've never seen him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John Cena. Uh, yeah, Matt and I just kept saying that we wanted to give our best regards to each other's mothers, so we just said Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Usually when you guys don't know the answer to a question. Oh, Lucky Johnson. The answer is Kevin Lucky Johnson. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I almost said that. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> That's really clever. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. That's funny. Using our own could have been really fortunate. Yeah, you're right. 17 or 36 are the presidents. That's Andrew Johnson. Johnson. Lyndon Baines Johnson. Johnson. Or the, yeah. I knew they had to do something with presidents. Well, when you asked me what does 17 and 36 mean to you, I was going to say the last times that I threw up. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm a three since 93, huh? 
All right, that brings the uh, second round to a close, and it looks like it's 132 for the Orifice and uh, 170 for Brutus Beefcake. So let's prepare our Orifices for the final round. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so their final round categories are Bye Bye Bye, Put Your Records On, Hey Soul Sister, Seven Nation Army, and Milkshake. And the wagers are now locked in. Looks like uh, it's kind of a scattered sort of uh, final round. Um, another day is betting 10, 30, 10, 30, 10. And Brutus Beefcake, 30, 25, 10, 0, 30. Let's have the questions. All right. Question number one. Bye, bye, bye. Three times in Super Bowl history, the game has ended in a scoragami. That is a score combination that has never occurred before in NFL history. The same team was involved in all three, losing each time by a score of 39 to 20, 55 to 10, and finally 43 to 8. Name the losing team. Question number two. Put your records on. What is the highest certification that the RIAA currently awards an album for sales? The hardest one to get currently set at 10 million or more units. Question number three. Hey, Soul Sister. In 2016, Hamilton was nominated for a record second setting 16 Tony Awards in 13 categories, ultimately winning 11. But only one of those Tonys went to a woman. God, I hope she's satisfied. Name her. Question number four. Seven Nation Army. What company, founded in 1907 and acquired by Sherwin-Williams in 1980, ironically has its logo based on the likeness of an Irish-American lad named Michael E. Brady, who lived near the artist commissioned to design the logo? Good thing we bet zero. (laughs) (laughs) And question number five, milkshake. Does your milkshake bring all the boys to the yard? You may think you're the cream of the crop, but how much cream do you really have? Within one. How many containers of creamer does Macho Man Randy Savage use in his famous cream of the crop interview? (laughs) (laughs) On balance, off balance. It's it's definitely a a manic amount, that's for sure. All right, we're going to be replaying the video in our heads uh, while they consider the answers to these questions, and we'll be right back. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia. 
every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Incubus asks, are you in? And we answer, Neil? We are in. We are in. Let's have the questions one more time and give our answers. All right. Question number one, uh, final category, aughts. Bye, bye, bye. Three times in Super Bowl history, the game has ended in a scoregami. That is a score combination that has never occurred in the NFL before. The same team was involved in all three, losing each time by a score of 39 to 20, 55 to 10, and finally 43 to 8. Name the losing team. We wagered uh, 30 on this one, and Matt and I were trying to think of some teams. He came up with a team name uh, that I thought was good. And yeah, yeah, it's a good team name. We, good team we name. Said the Broncos. <laughs> we said the Broncos because we knew Elway brought them to a bunch of Super Bowls, lost a bunch, but then won two. Yep. We also said the Broncos. Yep. Losing in 1987, 39-20 to the Giants. In 1990, 55-10 to the 49ers. And in 2014, 43-8 to my beloved Seattle Seahawks. It is the Denver Broncos. Had to stick it to him for taking Russell Wilson away. Um <laughs> Question number two, put your records on. What is the highest certification the RIAA currently awards an album for sales? The hardest one to get, currently set at 10 million or more units. Uh, yeah, we know it goes, I think you can go silver, then gold, and platinum, I think is a million, but I think maybe it's diamond is 10 million. So we said diamond. Yeah, um, yeah we agree. Diamond. Excellent. Picking up on the hardest one to get. Yep. It is diamond. We did not pick up on that. (laughs) It's even, uh, it's uh, the same for YouTube. So if you have 10 million YouTube subscribers, you get the diamond play button. Mm, We only need (laughs) 9,999,999. I don't know how many more. We have like 30 subscribers. subscribers. Whatever 10 million less like 30 is. I want a diamond play button. Get on it, guys. If there is a diamond podcast button, you, you guys are, you're getting there. So. We're on our um, way. We're a very slow on way. Your way. On your way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Hey, Soul Sister, number three. In 2016, Hamilton was nominated for a record-setting 16 Tonys in 13 categories, ultimately winning 11. But only one of those Tonys went to a woman. God, I hope she's satisfied. Name her. Great performance uh, in Hamilton and the song Satisfied that you mentioned. We went Renee Elise Goldsberry. As did we. Yeah, we said Renee Elise Goldsberry. Yep, Renee Elise Goldsberry. You got to watch her in Girls 5 Eva right now. She's hilarious in that, too. Um, absolutely. Question number four, Seven Nation Army. What company founded in 1907 and acquired by Sherwin-Williams in 1980, ironically has its logo based on the likeness of an Irish-American lad named Michael Brady, who lived near the artist commissioned to design the logo? Well, why don't we ask the man himself? They massacred my face. <laughs> they ruined the, my face. We went Dutch boy. We went Dutch yeah. boy as well. All right, Dutch boy. Um, really just an excuse because I needed to, to see that. Um, all right. <laughs> that and, a softball uh, in the business. Yeah, that's a little softball. I had Harry Potter on the brain because we were talking about it the other night. So I, I, for some reason, I was thinking of Cedric's dad like, 
my boy. They murdered my boy. But that so it was a mixture with that. Right? So. <laughs> Getting a little dark Dutch boy. That's uh, in the uh, vent of black. All the Potterheads <laughs> out there. Um, all right. Last one. Finally, uh, milkshake. Does your milkshake bring all the boys to the yard? You may think you're the cream of the crop, but how much cream do you really have? Within one, how many containers of creamer does Macho Man Randy Savage use in his cream of the crop interview? That's within one. Yeah, I think so. I think thinking to the video, we know. I think he starts with two in his hand, and then he pulls out another one. I think there's potentially up to two more, uh, but we went with four to be safe. I think four is a good answer. Yeah, we also went with four. Both teams sweeping the entire final round. That's amazing. Four is exactly right. Yes. yes. Wow. Has them, <laughs> nice. He has them all in his left hand, picks one out and flicks it on the floor, does the same after pointing at Jack Tunney, sticks one in Gene's pocket, takes the last one out of his hand, puts it on his head, it falls on his shoulder to the floor, and then he picks the one out of Gene's pocket, throws it from his right to his left hand, back to his right, and throws it away as he walks away. So He's tired yeah. of President Jack Tunney always bringing him down. President Jack Tunney. <laughs> Well, I have to say, I don't know what the scores are yet. Ken's currently tabulating those. But, Sean, I, I feel good about our performance in the end here. Um, I don't know if we bet enough, but uh, we'll have to wait. It's going to come down to wagers. We will say, though, wonderful questions across the board, though. What a great game. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada, yada. Do some math. It looks like we have a winner. And that winner today is Brutus Beefcake. You're the today's cream of the crop. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are. Yeah. You had 265 points to 222 for another day in the old mm. orifice. Good job to both teams for sweeping the final. Yeah, just had to super kick you through the barbershop window. Uh, yeah, we came back. Yeah. We got the shears out, started cutting necks, <laughs> yeah. cutting ponytails. Cutting necks and taking checks. <laughs> Domination. It wasn't like a late surge, though. Often, you know, if you come back, it's a late surge. But you guys, that that swing round was oh, yeah. just right in Neil's wheelhouse. Yeah. Put it away. Yeah. And you know what? I can't feel bad about that. You know, Sean, we played well today. I felt pretty good about uh, our performance, all things considered. And uh, appreciate you being on the show and being such a good teammate. You really helped me out today. It's another uh, part of my autobiography. I felt pretty good about my performance, all things considered. Tell <laughs> <laughs> your sex tape. Yeah. Uh, Sean, you mentioned uh, maybe being on a future episode if it has to do with baseballs. So maybe we'll get one of those going. But uh, yeah, we appreciate that'd you. That would be awesome. We appreciate you hanging out. Uh, any final words, any shout outs, anything like that? Yeah, I'll shout out my wife, my favorite trivia partner, Kayla. What's up, Kayla? Thanks so much for having me on. You are welcome. And uh, Josh, I, I think we're, I can say it for everyone here. We loved the game. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put words in each other's mouths, no, but I will. I loved I the loved game. It. I loved it. Uh, but thank I you for writing it, it and uh, for taking some time today, being a Patreon supporter. Any any uh, final words from you today or shout outs? Well, thank you guys. I'm, I hope there was a little bit of something for everybody in that. Um, I definitely want to thank my wife and kids and my mother-in-law for providing the blessedly quiet space to record. Um, and I guess my shout out, I would say, like, you know, my PSA would be, you know, more people make an effort to get to know people that are different from them, you know, race, gender, sexuality, religion, the better off the world will be. Maybe even people that like train like myself. So, you know, um, by the way, I wouldn't, I would not start with meet Virginia. I like California 37. If you're really trying to get into train. Um, well, I could like I think, people that like train. I just, I can't <laughs> well, like train that's itself. That's fine. It's not for you. You know, 
Um, but I would say that, you know, trivia people are open-minded people. And that's what's an awesome thing about trivia is, right? You got to keep your mind open to keep learning. And then I love, and I love doing this with you guys. It was so fun. And shout out to the community for being awesome and helping to play test this game, um, specifically Ian Belovich, Ian Schultz, and Louis de Rojas. And thank you guys. This has been a blast. Well, thank all right. you for coming yeah, on. Thank you. I mean, yeah, we I know we all well and truly believe that diversity is the bedrock of a successful society, um, even with people who like train. So, yeah, <laughs> regarding train, some hurts are just too deep. But uh, yeah, that'll uh, conclude the show. Yeah. Thank you for those wise words. Uh, and that's it uh, for Josh and Sean, Jeff, Neil, Matt and myself. That was Triviality. It's so funny that you mentioned my old job because I don't remember talking about working at a photo development place. He's done it once or twice. He's uh, done his homework. Yeah. You talked about the uh, the unseemly the photos unseemly that you would have. Stuff. <laughs> the fact that one hour photo is based off of your life. Nearly. Mm. Oh, that was eight millimeter. Was that Robin Williams? Oh no, that was uh, Nicholas Cage. Oh, close enough. Yeah.